Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. So the first verses I'd like to start off with is I'd like to read 2 Kings 20, 1 through 6 for you. And we're going to start off there. And it says, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Hezekiah had left the middle court, no, before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the tabernacle of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. So if you look at Hezekiah, he was in bed and he was sick. And I tell you what, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but when you're dealing with unforgiveness, it can weigh heavy inside of you. It can be just sit in the pit of your stomach. I always say, I, I, I say that, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when you see the person you've not forgiven, you feel this heaviness, the sickness comes over you. I hope I'm not the only one, but you feel sick. And a lot of times without God's help, you feel like you're going to die. It just takes over your life and you just think, oh, I just don't want to live this way anymore, just like Hezekiah felt. But then it says that, Isaiah, um, that Hezekiah, he prayed to God and he said, remember how I've walked with you uh, with wholehearted devotion and I've done what is good in your eyes. So he was obedient to Christ. So it was something that he had to obey Christ in. And then what happened is God came, God heard his cry because he was obedient to him and he brought healing to him. And so those are some of the things we're going to talk about as we're dealing with the, the area of forgiveness about just how we need obedience and then the, so that God can bring healing in our lives. So I just wanted to say, you know, this is such an important message at this time of life because I don't know about you, but I have noticed over and over and over again in this world how People are easily offended, how they're quick to say whatever they want to whoever they want. They have the ability to do it now with Facebook and all these different things. I'm just amazed at the things that are, the hateful things that are said to others. And then, you know, how hurtful it is. We can be hurt and wounded in this time. And so it's just it's such an important message for today. I have a, a funny example. Well, I don't know how funny it is, but I was at Kroger Pharmacy the other day. And I don't know if you've been to Kroger Pharmacy lately, but they haven't, like anywhere, they haven't had much help anywhere. And so they've been just running crazy. And there was a lady up there getting her prescription right in front of me. And um, there was a discrepancy in the cost, I guess. She had a good RX card or one of those things. And she's telling the lady in the farm, the pharmacist, like, well, it's only supposed to cost me $10. And the lady said, I'm so sorry. She said, but I put the numbers in that you gave me and it's showing that it's going to cost 15. And they went back and forth like that for a while. And the lady that was waiting for a prescription just went off on the pharmacist. She just started calling her names and all these different things. And I was very impressed with the pharmacist there because she was very calm and she just kept saying, I'm sorry, but this is, I didn't make up this program. This is just the way it was. 
Well, that didn't still make the lady happy and she just kept going. And then she turns around to me and she starts going off on the lady to me and just telling me how awful she is. I can't stand her. And she always has a bad attitude and waiting for me to say something. And I didn't know what to say. So I just said, you know, just people are so busy nowadays. I just feel bad for them because they've had so much then. That was not the right thing to say. She started yelling at me and telling me, well, they're in customer service and they should know. And she just kept going off and off. And you know what? I had the choice right then. How was I going to respond? My husband was proud of me because I did not say anything. <laughs> because I, I tell you what, that's hard for me. I am one that uh, the things right, rose up, the anger rose up in me, but I kept my mouth shut. And since I didn't respond, she just ended up walking away. But I'm just telling you, that's just an example of happened to me. And I don't say much, you know, I was just there. But people are very offendable and, and easy, quick, to, quick to give their opinion and quick to offend others. And I just wanted to say, you know what, a lot of times the world will tell you a different way of dealing with being offended. If you don't have the right friends and the right counsel around you, the world's ways are totally opposite of God's ways. If you've ever noticed that, usually what you want to do God asks you to do the complete opposite. And so I just want to encourage you as you look at this, get, have the right friends around you that will encourage you to do the right thing. Have the right counselors that will tell you to do the right thing. And the right thing is, and we're going to talk about it. And how do we know how to really forgive? We need to really deal in truth. And all truth is God's truth. And without that, you know, so we need to look to God's word for his truth. And in Matthew 6, 14 through 15, it says, for if you forgive other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly father will not forgive your sins. And to me, that verse, to me, it sounds a little harsh. You know, he's telling you, I mean, he's asking you to forgive. He's not saying if you feel like it or if the person's sorry, he's just saying, you know what, you need to forgive that person because if you don't, I'm not going to forgive you. And so um, this is a very... Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty, uh, not a severe subject, I can't think of the word, but it's a pretty important subject, I think, because we all need forgiveness. We all want forgiveness from God, and he's asking us to do one thing in order to receive that. And he knows, you know, and if you think about that, he knows, he doesn't ask anything from us that he doesn't know, that he, that he knows is for our benefit. So he's not asking you to do something for your harm. He's actually asking you to do something because he knows it's going to be beneficial to you. Like a lot of times we ask things of our kids and they don't like what we're asking of them. At least my kids don't sometimes, you know, like you have to eat your green beans in order to be healthy. Well, they hate green beans and they don't want to eat green beans, but I know what's best for them. I know that they need to have a balanced diet in order to be healthy. And so God knows these things too. And he's not asking us to do anything that's unfair, you know, or wrong. He's asking us to do it for our benefit. So first of all, I want to talk about a few reasons why we don't want to forgive. So, um, cause if we, if it was easy and we all wanted to do it, then we were, there wouldn't be any reasons here. But one of the first reasons why we don't want to forgive is because of fear. A lot of people have fear that, you know, if I forgive them, they're going to hurt me again. And you know what? Odds are they probably will because we live in a fallen world where when we're going to experience a lot of hurt and pain and it says, um, but I have good news for you because in Psalm 147.3, it tells us that God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And so he, we know, he knows that we're going to be hurt over and over again in this life because we do live in a fallen world. But he also is there to bind up those wounds and to heal us and to give us the strength that we need. 
And in John 16, uh, 33, he also says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So he's telling us right there. He's not saying if you have trials and if you have sorrows, he's telling us when you have trials that we will have these trials and these sorrows. But he also says, take heart because I have overcome the world. So he has overcome all of these things. And all we have to do is lean into him for the victory and for the strength and everything that we need, because he's already overcome all of this. So I just want to encourage you in that, that fear. And we also know that Justin has said this many times, fear is not of God. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that's not of God, that fear. So we just need to lean into him knowing that he's going to take care of our hurts and our broken hearts. Um, another, another reason why we don't want to forgive is we don't want to forgive because we want justice. Now, when I taught my small group, I think we all agreed, we all want justice. <laughs> I said, I want justice. I want them to pay for what they've done. And I feel that if I don't, if I don't forgive them, then I'm making them pay for what they did. And I, I want to encourage you with this, that, um, or that they're going to get away with something. We think that if we forgive them, that they're not going to have to pay for what they've done. But in Romans 12, 19, it says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And so I wanted to encourage you with that, that you know what? God will take care of. He's a righteous God. He's a God of justice. He will take care of those other people, you know, and, and whatever way he deems fit, I, that's not for us to say, but when we don't take revenge and we forgive, it's actually taking that person and placing them in God's hands and letting him do what he needs to do in their life. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. And also when we take revenge, it costs us more than what we want to pay. You know, you're, all you're doing is you're taking their wrongdoing and you're adding your wrongdoing on top of it. And so it's not, it's not worth it. And I'm telling you what, the peace that you receive from forgiving and not holding on to bitterness and anger and all that is so much more worth it than revenge. Because when you take revenge or you don't forgive or you just talk bad about that person, I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, you will feel guilt about that and you'll feel you know, condemned about that because it's something that shouldn't happen. And I've lived it, so I'm not speaking anything that I haven't done. So... Um, uh, we, uh, the third reason why we feel like we don't want to forgive is that we're hurt and we don't feel like forgiving. You know what? And so I want to read to you Matthew 18, 21 through 22. And it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? And Jesus answered and said, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. And so, you know, a lot of times we don't forgive because we don't feel like it, but I'm telling you what, if Jesus is asking us to forgive them 70 times seven, I'm telling you what, I don't feel like forgiving that often. So it's not something that I'm going to feel like doing but it's something that he's asking me to do in obedience. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And so it's never healthy for one thing to act on your emotions. We tell our kids this all the time, you know, I mean, your emotions come and then they go. I mean, if you were acting on your emotions all the time, one day you may feel like forgiving them the next day you change your mind. So it's never a good thing because if you don't control your emotions, they will control you. So we need to make a choice to forgive, not based on our emotions, but based on truth. And so we have two choices when we've been wounded. 
we can leave our wound unattended and it can become infected and it can eventually affect more and more of our body. I don't know um, if you know that a lot of times you see in third world countries here, not so much because we have great health care and things like that, but a lot of times they'll get a wound and if it's not properly cared for, you could know it'll get infected, it'll get um, red and infected and that, that infection can travel and then you can lose, they lose sometimes lose limbs because of that. And so, you know, it's, it's very important. We can't leave a wound unattended or it will become infected and that goes for our spiritual wounds also a lot of times if we don't tend to the hurt that we have because we've all been hurt that hurt can turn to hate and then that hate turns to bitterness and I'm telling you what that bitterness becomes a stronghold in your life and I have had that stronghold in my life and that is very difficult to remove and so we have to be cautious that we take care of these hurts we can't let them go unattended before it becomes a stronghold of bitterness in our life and those like I said are very very difficult to remove so we have the choice that we can leave it unattended or the better choice is that we go to our great healer and we ask him to treat our wounds Wound and put his healing salve on our wounds and that we receive healing. Now, you know, when you, you, you get, you get a, a wound, sometimes you still have a scar, but you know what? That scar doesn't, it doesn't hurt anymore. You don't have a lot of pain or any loss, you know, usually when you have a scar, but that scar is always there to remember, you know, that we remember the pain that we've had in the past, but it isn't a lost limb or anything. You know, it's a scar that just reminds us. And it also can remind us of our healing our healing God, our God that is our, that is our great healer. So um, I'm going to talk, first of all, what, um, and these are in your notes, what are some things that forgiveness is not? Uh, forgiveness is not forgetting what happened or pretending that it never happened. Um, in Isaiah 43, 25, it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and he remembers your sins no more. And, and you know what? That's the only thing. Only God is one that can forgive and forget. So forgiveness is not forgetting what happened to you. It's, get, it's, it's giving it to God and being able to find healing in there. So you're never going to forget it. Like I said, it's always going to be a, probably a scar to you, but it's, um, but only God can forgive and, and forget. So I just, you know, that's denial. If you, if you say you can forget, and so I just don't believe people say that they can, but I might be wrong, but it's just denial that something happened. And that's just not a healthy way to live. And another thing that forgiveness is not is number two is restoration. So we're not saying that forgiveness is restoring a relationship because sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes it's not possible, especially if you think of um, areas such as abuse. There's sometimes it's not safe for um, a, a relationship to be restored because it would be unsafe for you to restore that relationship. Sometimes you can't restore a relationship because that person's deceased. And how do you restore a relationship with someone that's already gone? But it still is important that we forgive them. And sometimes you can't restore a relationship because they don't want it restored. You know, they don't think that they've done anything wrong. They don't care that they've hurt you. So we're not talking about restoration in there. And I, I've, those of you that know me know I'm a huge Joyce Meyer fan. Um, let me see here. And she had a great quote on, on restoration and forgiveness. And she says, uh, total forgiveness doesn't even always mean restoration of a relationship, but it is about how you talk about them, how you feel about them, how you pray for them and how you respond when you hear that they're being blessed. 
So it's like, it's not about restoring a relationship, but how are you thinking about that person? You know, so you may not have a relationship with them anymore. Like it, you may have had a best friend that you had a falling out and, and you had, and they don't want to talk to you anymore, but, and so that you might not have a restoration in that relationship, but how do you think about them? Do you pray for them? Do you think you do want good things on their life? And so th- those are some things to think about, but um, you know what? I, I just wanted to let you know too, that as we go through this, I'm not making light at all about what you've been through, because I know some of you have been some, through some really horrific things. And so I'm not, as I ask you to forgive and work on forgiveness in your life, I know that the pain is real. Um, I've experienced pain in my life and been hurt by uh, several people, and I know it's real. So I don't want to make light of those things, but I just want to help you to find that there's a better way to live life there's freedom in Christ. There's just a way to enjoy life and not have that heaviness in your spirit anymore. And I, I just know that there's a better way to trust Christ with that hurt and healing. And so now I want to talk about what forgiveness is. And the first thing that we're going to talk and say that forgiveness is an act of obedience. And we sort of talked about this a little bit, that, an, that forgiveness is not feeling something and doing something based on your emotions It's just doing it out of obedience. The Bible over and over again tells us, um, and we read some of the verses, but we'll read Luke 6, 37 that says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn. You will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. It doesn't say if you feel like it, if the other person makes things right. You know, it doesn't say any of those things. It just tells us to forgive. And so it's a thing of of obedience. I don't tell my kids, go clean your room if you feel like it. I tell them, go clean your room, you know? And so it's not, and God is telling us the same thing. So forgiveness is not a feeling that we have. It's actually an act of obedience that we do. And so when when we, like I said earlier, like when we ask our kids to do something, we, we ask them to do things because they know it's for our good. The same thing with God. He is asking us to do this for our own good. He's not asking us to obey um, and just expecting us to do something that's more painful to us to bring more pain on us. He knows that this is going to make our life better. That is something that's going to, that's going to give us freedom and, and healing in our life. And so we just are learning today on how to do this God's way. And so, um, and it's, it is really just facing reality and dealing with it God's way. So um, that's what we're going to learn about on how to do this. And I, I don't know about you, but if you think of forgiveness is obedience, then not forgiving is disobedience. And I don't know about you, but I was doing a study this, um, this summer when we were on sabbatical about um, the Holy Spirit and how we want the Holy Spirit and God to, to take us and we want him to use us and flow through us. And a lot of times disobedience will stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It'll stop God's working in our lives. And I want him to do and work in my life in every way. I don't want to have any hindrance in there. And so I just want to encourage you that in order to have God really work in you and do what he wants to do, that we have to obey him. And this is a great area that we need to show obedience in him is, um, is be able to show forgiveness to others. Um, and so another, um, thing that forgiveness is, is it is letting God, number two is letting God work his way and his plan in you. In Psalm 138, seven through eight, it says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose in me. 
Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And then in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So we see what God's plans are for us. He has a way and he has a plan for each one of us. And so as, as he, he knows what we're going to go through, he knows the hurts that we, we're going to have. And he has a plan for us, a way out, a healing plan. And he just wants us to be obedient and experience his way and, in his, and his plan in our life. I've heard this a long time ago, and it's something that I, I love to share with people, and it's something that I love to think about in my life. Um, it, I heard it say that um, God cares more about what's happening in us than what's happening to us, because he knows that the things that are happening to us, that they can work his way in us. They can make us more like him. These pressures that we feel on the outside are making us more and more in his image, more and more like him. So he knows that those hard times are going to come, but he also knows he wants to see what are those things going to produce in us? How is that going to change us to become more and more like him? So, you know, he's not asking to add more pain and misery on top of everything else. As I was thinking about this, sometimes you think you have a splinter in your hand and boy, does it hurt. And sometimes you have to dig it out a little bit. And that's what he's asking us to do. A little bit of pain there, because he knows if we remove that, because, you know, forgiveness sometimes can feel like pain, uh, to, at least to me, when I've had to go and, and humble myself and do it. But he knows that as soon as I remove that from my life, that unforgiveness in my life, that I'm going to be able to receive healing, that there's not going to be anything blocking that healing in my life. And so he has great plans for your life. And, this is, and that's part of it, forgiveness and his healing is part of his plan for our life. <clears throat> Number three, what forgiveness is, it's an act of redemption. That's just between you and God. It's for your sake and healing. This act of redemption is just between you and God. In Colossians 3, 13, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And in Romans 15, seven, it says, accept one another then as just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So the thing that about forgiveness is God's already done the hard work on the cross. He's already bought and forgiven everything. You know, he's, he's taken care of the pain and the forgiveness and all that stuff on the cross. He's already done the hard work. All he's asking us is to come alongside of him and he gives us the opportunity to come alongside of him and participate in what he's done on the cross. And all we have to do, he's asking us is to take his grace and mercy and let it flow through us to other people. He's just wanting us to accept that. And as we do accept his grace and mercy on our own life for our, as we ask for forgiveness from him to extend that to other people. And so, you know, he's done the hard work. All he's asking us to do is cooperate. And when we don't cooperate with him, that's what blocks, it builds up in us. And we have this heaviness that builds up in our life because we're not meant to live like that. We're meant to let it flow through our life and onto others. But a lot of times we don't do that because we don't see those people like Jesus sees them. He, he sees them as hurting people. You know, you've heard the saying, hurt pe hurting people hurt others. Well, it's so true. I've been one of those hurt people that have hurt others. And he sees them as people that need, that need someone to come alongside to them and show them the way Christ would show them grace and mercy. And so sometimes we don't do that because I don't know about you, but when I've been hurt, I see myself as the saint and them as a sinner, you know, like I'm the good one. 
They're the ones that hurt me. And so, but the problem is when we look at ourselves as better than them as a saint and them as a sinner, we don't think we need much grace and mercy. And so then if we don't need much grace and mercy, then we don't really need to show that grace and mercy to other people. And so that's such a wrong way to think about it because everything that I've done, my sins are just as bad as their sins. You know, no matter what it is, sin is sin. Sometimes we think there's levels of sin, but it's not. If we have sinned and we, and we all have, then we need, oh, I need so much grace and mercy in my life that I know how much I need it, that I know how important it is for me to show that and pass that on to other people. So that's all, that's all forgiveness is, is just letting his grace and mercy flow through us. Another thing that forgiveness does and is, is it gives us a different perspective on life. This is number four. It gives us God's perspective an eternal perspective. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving us, for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. For we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, um, but then what is unseen is eternal. And so one thing we have to remember is, and, and I'm guilty of this too, is sometimes we get so focused on this life that we don't see the eternal, not only eternal heaven, but the, but the things that are happening around us also in the spiritual. And those, and those sometimes we get just, uh, you know, caught up in this life and not thinking about the eternal. And we need to realize that sometimes when we release those things into God's hands, that he's working God is a God that loves us. He's a God who is always working. And so he's working. He may not be working the way you want him to work and in the timing you want him to work because we want to see changes just like that. But we have to realize that he's working and doing things and working them out for our good and for our benefit. And so we have to just trust him because he is such a trustworthy God and realize that sometimes the outcome may not look like what we want it to look like, but we have to know that he always wants what's right and good and his ways are so much better than our ways. The other thing as we look at this in an eternal perspective is we have to really remember who our enemy is. We want to look at that person as our enemy, but that person who's hurt you is not your enemy. The person that, that it, Satan is using that person to hurt you. He hates when we're in unity. He hates when our families are together and worry together as a church family are together and unified and doing things because he knows we can do so much for more for Christ. And so we have to remember that our, who our enemy is. It is not that person. It is Satan. And I tell you what, that always makes me mad. Sometimes as I look at hurt now when people hurt me, I have to look beyond them and see who's, and I get so mad at Satan at the things he's doing, especially in this world now, how he's um, driving families apart and people are getting offended in churches. I just get angry at the right person now. And I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. And so the other thing that as we have an eternal perspective, a different, as we have God's perspective, um, we have to realize that God can take things that Satan meant for evil and he can turn them into something good. Like if you think of the story of Joseph um, and you think of what happened to Joseph, he was betrayed by his brothers. He was beaten and thrown into a pit, was sold into Egypt. He was then put into prison and for, for false accusations and he got left in prison and he was stuck in there for years before he was finally released 
and he has, he, all these things happen to him. But you think about it. What if God had, that didn't happen, then what, then his family wouldn't have been saved. His, his whole nation wouldn't have been saved. People wouldn't have been saved. What if God had delivered him immediately from the prison and not put him through that time in prison? He wouldn't have learned the things that he needed to learn in order to help rule a country because they put him, he worked his way into a a place of authority in that prison. He learned some things so that when he finally came out of all of that, he had the skills in order to lead this country and do what God called him to do because He took the things that he was going through and let God work in his life and do the works that God wanted to work in his life and help in order to help him mature and be ready for what was ahead of him. And in Genesis 50, 20, he realizes this. And he says to his brothers, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so God's doing the same thing. We just have to realize that God can use those things in order to, work his will and his way and make us prepared for the things that he wants to do in the future. Um, another example that I have is I have a, a close, um, someone very close to me that went through a very bad thing in their marriage. After um, about 30 years of marriage, her husband cheated on her with another woman. Now, all this happened and they went through a horrible time in their marriage, but I tell you what, that man repented, did a complete turnaround and just um, let God heal his heart. And he asked for, he totally repented and became a great husband to this woman. And this woman then had to work through forgiveness in her life. And she she did, she worked on that. It was a difficult process for her. But I tell you what now, she says, you look at their marriage now and they have an awesome marriage. Something that you would think would have never come about with what they went through. But this lady says to me, she said, Jennifer, you know what? I would do it all again to have the marriage that I have now. You think, how can someone say that? How can someone say, I would do that all again? Because she sees the eternal perspective on this, that, hey, God can take this and look what he did. He turned, he made beauty from ashes. He turned, so what Satan meant for evil, he turned it into something beautiful, something good. And I think that Joseph saw that same thing. You know, I bet Joseph would have said, I would do that all again in order to save all these people, in order to save my family. And so I think that it's so important. And I don't think you really... You really experience it. I mean, you can't really grasp that till you've been through that. But I know as I've been through some things, I can say the same thing because I see how God is using my story now to help others. So I just um, want to say, you know what? What it's our choice then what we're going to do with our hurt. So we all know we're going to be hurt, but what are we going to do with that hurt? And we have some choices and you know what? Your healing is your choice. It's not dependent on the other person. It's not dependent really on God because he's asking us to obey. It it is between you and God, but only you can go and make that choice to, to reach out to God for that healing. So we cannot wait on the other person. It's not up to them. It's only dependent on us. And are we gonna let our hurt turn into hate? But the one thing about that which I learned in our study, you know, there's never just a little bit of hurt. I mean, never just a little bit of hate. You know, there's just a never a little bit of bitterness. No, Satan doesn't work that way. We think, oh, we can just have a little bit of hate in our life. No, no, that just grows and grows and grows. There's just a never little, just a little bit of it.
So I just wanted to ask you, what are you going to choose? And I, I, the amazing thing with Joseph, if we look, continue to look at Joseph's life, you know what? And it, after he went through all of that, he ended up having some children. And the first child that he had, he named his child Manasseh. And Manasseh means forgetful. And you know what Joseph chose to do? He chose to forget. He, it's, it's, he, you can't be God and never really forget, but he chose to let go of that hurt and he chose to forget those things. It's a choice that he made. So he let, he let go of that bitterness. He, re, he refused to remain enslaved to that anymore. And you know what his, the name of his second child was? It was Ephraim. And Ephraim means fruitful. And so when we choose to forget, when we choose to let go of those things, we can be fruitful in our lives and experience the freedom that God has for us. And, and that's all he's asking for us. So I think we need, it, Joseph left a great example. He had a hard life, but it's what he chose to do with it. And so what do we do now with all of these things? I just want to encourage you with one thing. As we choose to forgive, as we make the choice to obey God, we have to realize that forgiveness can be a process. Sometimes we think it's a one-time event, but we offer that forgiveness for that, at that one time. But you know what? Sometimes triggers come over and over and over again. We forgive for the event, but then something triggers it and we remember something else. And so what do we do with that when we're triggered with that? We offer forgiveness for that and we let go of that. And so then, and then you keep going and something else triggers another thought or another thing that happened. And what do we do with that? We forgive that. It's a process. A lot of times people think forgiveness is a one-time event and that when those hurts come up again, those feelings come up again that we didn't really forgive. But no, it's a process. We just need to remember and we need to forgive again for that thing. And then another thing comes up and we offer forgiveness for that again. And you know what I want to encourage you with? I love this in the book. She brought up this thing that we need to become freedom ambassadors. I want the world to look at us and realize there's a different way to do life. That when we're hurt and offended, that we right away offer God's grace and mercy. And it's like God reaching down from heaven through us and touching the earth and saying, this is the way, this is my mercy. This is my grace. I want you to experience it. I want you to see there's a different way to do life. And I, it's what I want people to see in my life. And it's a choice I've made because uh, I have things still happen to me. Like the other day with that lady yelling at me, the thing I could have got offended and taken up an offense, but it's a choice I made to release that and not to harbor anything in my life. And I want to encourage you with that choice too. So it's the perfect time to forgive because we learned it's not to wait on feelings, but it's a choice we make. And now is the perfect time to forgive. And it's something that you can do. I want to encourage you. It's something, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, and it's something that I've had to learn that you can heal, you can forgive because we have a trustworthy God. If we hand this to him, we can trust him with it. We can trust him with the outcome. We can trust him with our heart. We can trust him with our healing. He has never let me down once. And I know he's never let you down because he can't. He's, he's, it's one of his, his things that he's known for is trustworthy. So he cannot be untrustworthy. So you can trust him with your heart, with your healing. And so I just want to encourage you with that. But um, I want now, as we're going to end, um, 
we're going to stand up and I'm going to pray over you and just encourage you with that. And after that, we're going to enter in a time of worship because I just want you to, after we pray and I pray over, I just want you to just yield yourselves to God. Just honor him, ask for his help, and just give him the glory that he deserves for his mercy and grace to us so that we can pass it on to others. So let's all stand up. And then I'm just going to pray, and then Evan's going to lead us in worship. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so grateful again for this opportunity. I'm thankful, God, that you speak through me, that you use me. And I, I know that these are words that are meant for this time this church, this generation, God, I pray for every one of my family here that you would just do the miraculous in each one of their lives. I know the hurts that are here. I know some of them, but God, I am so grateful that you know all of them. You know what each person has been through, what they're going through at this time, and you care. You care about each one of these things. You care about our hurts and that you... And I'm so grateful that you want what's best for us. And you know that when we release these things to you, that you're going to take care of it for one thing, but it, it is what is best for our hearts that we can experience freedom. And that's what I pray over each one of these people. I pray, first of all, for the heart that's willing, the willing to obey you in this. And as they obey God, I ask for healing and freedom in their lives like never before so that we can go out and show everyone what you are all about. And that's grace and mercy that just flows freely, God. And I praise you for that, not only in my life, but in everyone's life here, God. And I'm so grateful what, for what you're going to do and how you're going to work. And we just love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.